Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week he has a candid conversation with guests, including Prime Ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. The Guardian. Medical professionals tend to advise against looking up illnesses on the internet because more often than not, a simple headache is only a search bar away from a misdiagnosis of cancer. But recent headlines have suggested that hair relaxers most commonly used by black women have a link to cancer, and there's research to back it up. The Black Women's Health Study has been looking into why that might be the case, using data from 59,000 African-American women over a 25-year span. So far, it has found that black women who use hair products containing lye at least seven times a year for 15 or more years, had roughly a 30% increased risk of breast cancer compared with more infrequent users. From The Guardian, I'm Shivani Dave, and this is Science Weekly. Before looking into this research, I wanted to speak to Taya Barrow, a freelance journalist for The Guardian who recently wrote a piece with the rather shocking headline, Black women's hair products are killing us, why isn't more being done? So I asked her to start us off by telling me why hair relaxers are so commonly used by black women. So a big part of the reason why uh, black women are so kind of overrepresented in this market um, and black people in general um, in this market for hair relaxers is because of um, kind of this historical messaging that black women have heard over the years um, telling us that our hair is either unprofessional or just generally undesirable. Um, And this is really a culture that goes all the way back to the history of slavery in the U.S., going back to a time when black women were, when they were first brought over from the continent, um, the first thing that was done to them was that they had their head shaved. And so the result of that is that Black women, you know, ended up in this cycle where we're continually looking for ways to get our hair textures or our hairstyles as close as possible um, to what's considered the kind of standard of beauty um, that we should be aspiring to, which very often is a Eurocentric and white-centered standard of beauty. So how often would a black woman who's under this pressure to uphold the Eurocentric standards use something like a hair relaxer? Is it something people use daily, weekly? And like, is it the sort of thing that you have to continue to use throughout your life? 
it is a sort of thing that would you would have to consistently use throughout your life. Um, so not daily or weekly. It really depends on just how fast a person's hair grows, um, because the the kind of process would be you would you know, start off relaxing your hair from root to tip. And so when the new um, kind of kinkier hair texture that continues to grow out of your scalp comes up again, um, most women would want to kind of, you know, re-relax that part so that it matches the rest of the hair. It just depends on how quickly um, your hair grows. So some women are relaxing their hair twice a year. Some women are relaxing their hair as as often as you know 10 to 15 times a year which is a pretty high number just considering how damaging these products can be uh, not just to the hair and the scalp but as we found in the research to um, overall bodily health as well okay so let's have a look at some of this research Kimberly Bertrand is an assistant professor of medicine at Boston University. Her research focuses primarily on the epidemiology of breast cancer, with an emphasis on understanding racial disparities. She's also a co-investigator with the Black Women's Health Study, which found that prolonged use of lye-based hair straightening products or relaxers could increase the risk of breast cancer among black women. So most recently, we um, were interested in studying the possible effects of use of chemical hair relaxers. Um, and these are also called straightening products um, in Black women on their risk of breast cancer. And the reason we were interested in this is because there have been some other studies um, that have suggested that these chemicals may be hazardous to health, but the evidence is not conclusive or complete. Um, there's some mixed results. The other studies haven't included large numbers of Black women. And and this is the target population for the use of these these hair straightening products. And we also know, as an aside, that these products contain many different types of chemicals, um, some that are known to be toxic. So for example, they may contain certain chemicals that are known as endocrine disruptors. So there's biological plausibility with respect to health risks for exposure to these chemicals. Um, So what we did was we looked at the data that women reported on their own history of using these products. So in, in the 1997 questionnaire that we sent, we asked women about their use of these products, whether they'd ever used these products for how long, um, how frequently, and what types of products they had used. Overall, the message was actually very reassuring. Overall, there was no link between breast cancer and the use of these products. But there was a specific group of women who reported using certain types of products called lye-based hair relaxers. So they're hair relaxers that contain lye, which is sodium hydroxide. And for those women, the ones who use those most frequently, so more than seven times a year and for more than 15 years in duration, they had a suggestive 30% increased risk in estrogen receptor positive breast cancer compared to those who reported very little use of these products. So that was a concern for us. Um, and that and that's, I think, why we're talking today. Definitely. So why was this research so important? So this research is really important because we know uh, that there are major racial disparities in breast cancer outcomes in the United States between Black and white women. So although the numbers of new cases of breast cancer, so we call that incidence rates of breast cancer between Black and white women in the United States are actually about the same, 
Black women are 40% more likely to die from their disease. And so we're really interested in addressing this extra burden of breast cancer in Black women. And we want to understand why do women die more often from breast cancer, but also how can we prevent deaths from breast cancer? And in my research, I'm most interested in preventing deaths by preventing new diagnoses, new cases. So preventing risk is, is obviously going to prevent deaths. On the other side of it, on the exposure side with these chemical hair relaxers, we also know, again, as I mentioned, these products are very commonly used in Black women in the United States. In fact, in our study, 95% of our study participants reported using some type of chemical relaxer or straightener in their past. Certain of these products are often marketed directly to Black women. And so you could consider it an issue of environmental justice as well, because we don't know what's in these products. Many of the formulations are proprietary to the brand. Um, so when they've been tested off the shelf, you can identify some of the toxic chemicals, but they're not necessarily listed on the product label, for example. You mentioned that there's this racial disparity in the rates of women dying from breast cancer and that significantly more black women die from breast cancer as opposed to white women. Do we know why that's the case? That's a great question, Shivani. We do know some of the factors that contribute to that disparity or that survival gap between black and white women, but we don't know all of them. So some of the factors that we've studied and that others have studied have to do with access to care and socioeconomic status. And so, for example, in the United States, whether women have insurance or early diagnosis or for treatment, but that doesn't seem to explain all of it. Um, another factor is that Black women in this country tend to be diagnosed at later stages of disease. So maybe early detection is not as effective or not happening as much as it should be. Um, even though in this country, rates of mammography are about the same. So that doesn't seem to explain why women are diagnosed at later stage. One thing that we in the Black Women's Health Study and other research groups have seen is that Black women also tend to be diagnosed not only at later stages, but they tend to be diagnosed with more aggressive cancers. So their tumors tend to be faster growing, and that might explain why they're diagnosed at later stages. Faster growing cancers tend to be harder to treat as well. So some of that could explain the racial disparity. One type of breast cancer you may have heard about is um, triple negative breast cancer, which means these tumors are negative for hormone receptors and the HER2 receptor. Um, and those are also, again, faster growing and harder to treat because they're not amenable to hormone therapies. But when we do studies that attempt to disentangle the effects of socioeconomic status, income, insurance, access to care, uh, even proximity to a good cancer center, when researchers do studies to attempt to identify those, it, taking away those factors doesn't close the gap in survival. So we're interested in identifying, well, what else is there? Where, where else can we make progress on closing this gap? you know, there's a relationship there between people using these products and then getting sick. Surely it would just be safer to use non-lie-based products and get around this whole issue. I think I have two um, points to make to that. One is that we saw no evidence that using the non-lie relaxers um, caused an increased risk in our population, but more research is certainly needed because other studies have seen possible increases in risk associated with non-lie relaxers. 
But re regarding the lye, um, again, just to note, lye is the active ingredient in some of these relaxers, and but it's really sodium hydroxide. It's a, it's a soap. It has not been classified as to carcinogenicity. Um, and it might not be the lye itself that is the link to breast cancer. We were not able in our study to identify which chemical ingredient in these products was related to breast cancer. But my feeling is that it, it might not be the lye. However, we do know that lye is a toxic substance. It's heavily corrosive. Um, its job in these hair relaxers is to literally break down the chemical bonds in the hair um, strands in order to make them straight. Um, but what happens when lye gets on your skin is it can cause irritation and chemical burns. And it's possible that women who use these products may be suffering from more skin irritation because of lye, allowing the other chemicals that are included in these products that we know might have effects on the hormone system and hormone function. The lye may cause irritation to the skin that allows these other chemicals to enter. Right. So it's definitely not as simple as what I just suggested. <laughs> That's right. So I went back to the Guardian's tire barrow to understand how this research could help black women. Well, I think, first of all, just when it comes to the, the nature of the products themselves, there are non-lye-based relaxers that are on the market and that people can buy and purchase. And I think certain regulatory bodies in certain countries have said, we will not allow personal care companies to sell relaxers with lye in them, for example. So I think even just a stance like that coming from the government or coming from whatever regulatory bodies um, is a really good first step to signaling to these companies companies that, you know, you can't continue to make these really harmful products. And I think as well, like I say in the article, a big part of this is that there's zero conversation happening coming from the people who are actually making these products. So if there was sufficient warning, um, at least, you know, coming from, from these producers saying, here's what could happen if you use these products to a certain degree, I think that would go a really, really long way in, again, just helping Black women make those informed decisions. And is there anything else that you would like to personally see being done when it comes to beauty treatments and medical treatment for Black women? Um, I think a, a big part of this, again, goes back, as I mentioned in the beginning, to that larger messaging um, that comes from, you know, society and kind of Eurocentric and white-centric um, standards of beauty that tell women that they have to resort to these treatments in order to be either accepted in society or to, you know, fit into academic or educational or professional spaces. So I think going back to the root of the issue is a really, really important step. Um, I talk a little bit in the article about the Crown Act in the U.S., which makes it illegal for companies to discriminate against people on the basis of their hair, um, which would kind of, you know, hearing that it sounds a bit like a no brainer, like, of course, you know, women shouldn't be discriminated against for the texture of their hair or what their hair looks like. Um, but hair discrimination is a problem that's so rampant, particularly in professional spaces, that it had to be spelled out in that way through legislation. So I think, you know, steps like that to kind of reverse the the root of this issue and to say to Black women, listen, your hair is fine as it is, it is beautiful as it is, and you are worthy of, of you know, accessing and being a part of all of these spaces, regardless of what your hair looks like and what your hair texture is, would really, really go a long way to kind of undoing a lot of the harm that's been done that's now led to Black women feeling like they need to use these treatments. 
A big thanks to both Dr. Kimberly Bertrand and Tayo Barrow. You'll be able to find a link to Tayo's piece on the podcast's webpage. For the next couple of weeks, we will be delving into the Science Weekly archive and picking some of our favourite episodes that we know you listeners will love. But if you've got any thoughts, feedback or episode ideas for when we come back, drop us a message at scienceweekly at theguardian.com. Science Weekly will be back on Tuesday. Bye for now. For more great podcasts from The Guardian, just go to theguardian.com slash podcasts. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week, he has a candid conversation with guests, including prime ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts.